Welcome to this week's episode of the Linguali podcast. I'm joined today by Tia Detrek. Tia is the CEO of international language service provider 2M Language Services. 2M provides simultaneous conference interpreting for international events, cross-cultural training, translations across a wide range of industries and website localization. Taya is one of Australia's industry leaders in the translation and interpreting landscape and has particular interest in the latest language technology developments. You have a very interesting background, Taya. Talk me through how you got to this point in your career. Well, I studied um, translation and interpreting and um, and linguistic um, cultural studies and applied linguistics. And uh, one of my early jobs was um, as a skiing um, interpreter simultaneous interpreter but skiing in the at the World Cup uh, in the mountains of the Sierra Nevada in Spain in southern Spain and um, I was the interpreter for the International Ski Federation the jury and um, that fascinated me and whetted the appetite however then with my language combination being Spanish and Finnish um, and English and German, uh, Brussels and in the European Union was the most logical place. However, the Olympic Games were um, starting to be organized in Sydney, Australia, and I thought that was a much more exciting place than sitting in rainy Brussels and interpreting politicians. So I was recruited by the German-Australian Chamber of Industry and Commerce in Sydney um, to be their head interpreter and translator. Uh, and help manage Olympic events between Germany and Australia. I then um, stayed in Australia and I had all kinds of opportunities, including being the director of an Aboriginal interpreter service in the remote area of northwestern Australia. So I lived in the so-called Kimberley region and um, suddenly saw myself organizing Aboriginal interpreters, uh, which was um, an extraordinary experience. Um, we often had to helicopter them in. The next town was about 1,300 kilometers away from my town. Um, and uh, it was it was really interesting. I um, founded my own company as a sole trader, just as a one-woman show 16 years ago, and provided um, first German translation interpreting services, then went to other languages then went to multimedia, and the company grew from a one-woman show to uh, an international language service provider. Um, I moved over. I lived, um, I was based in Cairns as well for five years, which is on the Great Barrier Reef in north, northern Queensland. And, um, and then we've been located for the last 10 years in Brisbane. And about five years ago, so that's where the head office is, and we always edit services. Um, voiceover production started, dubbing, uh, conference interpreting, cross-cultural training, and obviously always translations, and we expanded um, to up to 200 languages. Australia is, a, is an immigration country and has a very strong language policy, so a lot of information, consumer information, has to be translated into um, into. The, the languages of the so-called cult, the culturally and linguistically diverse communities in Australia. So, so we did this as well as uh, obviously working with exporters. And then five years ago, I opened our European office in Paris, and um, uh, that was yet another level. So, um, I joined uh, 
I joined uh, international associations. Um, I started um, my own association, um, or not my own, our own in, in, in Australia and New Zealand, uh, the Australasian Association of Language Companies. And um, all this evolved to where I am today. Can you tell me about your current role as CEO at 2M Language Services? Language services are, yeah, a very colourful, uh, it's a very colourful profession um, because essentially we're a check of all trades and master of none. Today it could be mining, tomorrow it could be the game industry, uh, it can be sexy creative texts um, and productions, subtitling of movies um, or dry manuals. So. So the team, the diversity of the team is really important. And um, as a CEO, I, am, I'm, I have the privilege of leading this team. Uh, I have a fantastic team and obviously, as everybody would, would confirm, the team is the biggest asset of any company. Um, so myself, um, I work with a fantastic general manager, Suzanne Creek. so I'm very lucky. Um, so I can especially in the last years where I've been based partly in our European office in Paris for three months, three months Brisbane, three months Paris, three months Brisbane, three months Paris. So that gave me essentially the opportunity to work on the business rather than in the business. It's, it's been extraordinary because I, I was able to get the big picture and my role um, as the CEO uh, focused in the last years on innovation um, seeing how the others work internationally, what technology, where to invest, what technology to import into Australia, automation, always looking into how are we, how will we be operating in five years' time or in three years' time more. Um, today, five years is way, yeah, even three years' time because there's so much change. Um, so innovation has been the emphasis of the last years, um, constantly, constantly changing the way we work. Um, of course, leadership is very important um, and uh, motivating the team. And essentially, you're not a leader until you've produced a leader. So um, it's been wonderful uh, to focus on seeing my my team grow. And uh, we've We've grown a lot in those last five years and we're always hiring more people, adding to our team. And uh, it's wonderful to see the newcomers becoming uh, a senior, seniors in the company. So um, as a CEO, really, leadership and innovation have been my, my two big, biggest focuses. What kind of interpreting services do you provide? In terms of interpreting, to m language services uh, provides mostly simultaneous conference interpreting, um, conference interpreting that includes consecutive interpreting. Um, we also do high-level business interpreting, trade missions, VIPs. Yes, we do. Um, we also do uh, court interpreting and some community interpreting, but really limited. It is mostly um, uh, international conferences uh, from Asia City, um, Asia Pacific City Summit to uh, the Financial Action Task Force on money laundering and corruption um, to to any sort of international conferences um, across Australia, but also we also um, organize uh, conference interpreting in 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 Asia and uh, in Europe. 
English has been the lingua franca of business for some time now. Is it still necessary to use interpreters and translators to reach global audiences and international markets? Yes, it sure is. And look, I've quoted our former Chancellor, uh, Willy Brandt, many times, who famously said, if I'm selling, I'm speaking English, but if I'm buying, then müssen Sie schon Deutsch sprechen. And so this is still the same. Uh, for a lot of situations, you have to you have to reach um, your audience, especially especially if you're selling. So um, to to really get the message across, yeah, it has to be it has to be your own language. So interpreters and translators are crucial, and today even more than ever, given that given the globalization, how easy it is to even have meetings um, without traveling through. Um, conference calls so it's crucial for international markets and and as we all know interpreters and translators don't only bring the actual semantics and the actual translation over uh, interpreters often fill in the gaps where cross-cultural differences could be a problem um, especially in negotiations we have seen interpreters uh, can make or break the entire um, negotiation so it's it's crucial to to use interpreters and translators how important is cross-cultural awareness for businesses trying to succeed abroad? It's very, very important. Um, there's uh, there are different colors that are being used. There are, there are rituals about um, business cards, how you give them, what you write on them, how you move, even how, you, how you're advertising and your marketing collateral is. Um, to tell you behind the scenes, if we are... Um, if we are translating um, for the Middle Eastern market, it's not only that we replace the English text with Arabic, but the bikinis have to go and the champagne has to go off and images, it's, it's localizing. So if you don't have um, a cross-cultural awareness uh, for the other culture, then um, it's very hard to succeed. Um, we work with exporters on a daily basis, and um, and Australia has a very strong relationship with China, of course, um, as a trading partner. We've seen a lot of a lot of failure because it's 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 really tough, um, and it is not only the language barrier; it is really at the end the culture. So extremely important. Can you give me an overview of the interpretation market in Australia? Really, community interpreting is a very important segment in Australia, and Australian language service providers are leaders in community interpreting in the world, apparently. Now, Tuam Language Services doesn't focus on community interpreting, so I'm actually not the best person to advise on this, um, but it's a role model to some of the other immigration countries where community interpreting is needed. Um, so that is the largest, biggest chunk Conference interpreting is a small segment. It has been growing over the last, um, I've been in Australia next year, 20 years. So I've seen a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of growth in that. Um, but uh, the interpretation market, like many uh, migration countries, it grew from migrants coming to the country, their children speaking the language of the country and acting as interpreters. So Australia was used to this for a long time and had a problem uh, with the notion of using professional interpreters and, and paying. Uh, obviously, there's suitable rates for that. So it took a long time 
uh, to grow up and and took a lot of uh, education from the Australian Institute of Interpreters Translators, uh, from NATI, the National Accreditation Authority for Translators and Interpreters, um, from from language service providers in Australia, um, and later on the Australasian Association of Language Companies, where I'm currently the president of, um, to um, to really advise uh, how important it is to be using accredited interpreters because it is something that is not wasn't that natural um, in Australia than it was for example in Europe um, so so really the um, but that has grown and as I said before the community interpreting um, in Australia is really um, yeah very developed have you seen any changes to the market in recent years in terms of conference interpreting, yes, as I mentioned before, we've had Chokum, the Commonwealth Head of Government um, um, Conference, which um, where we provided interpreters. Uh, we had the G20 that was staged in Australia. It was staged here in Brisbane. Um, so big conferences that where where Barack Obama was here and Angela Merkel, and so so they stimulate conference interpreting. Um, otherwise, the remote interpreting technology has is, is seeing a big change. So, so and that's very important in a country like Australia, that is a continent, and the tyranny of distance um, is a big challenge. So, remote interpreting technology, um, yeah, has made a has made a big difference as well. How? Well. Simply already, where interpreting wasn't possible because of budget restraints. Uh, just even take a court case up in North Queensland. Um, that is from the capital Brisbane, 2,000 kilometers away. Um, so to fly up interpreters, uh, the travel expenses are enormous. So um, we've seen health, Queensland Health, for example, um, Health ministries, uh, courts um, have started to install sophisticated remote interpreting equipment, um, cameras. Now we all know, and that's very important, the the disadvantages. Uh, of course, it is better. Technology can might not work. Um, uh, visibility might not be good. Uh, Cross cultural clues might be missed. So we all know that the ideal case scenario would be there on site. But it's it's often the next best to not having an interpreter at all or using a local person who speaks the language as interpreter, which often happened, instead of qualified, accredited, professional interpreter. Before, it was just too expensive to fly them up. So, so remote interpreting equipment certainly um, enhances the use of accredited and professional interpreters. How do you see the industry developing in the next few years? In terms of interpreting, um, so translation, clearly more technology. For example, bring your own BYODs or bring your own devices as for conference interpreting. Um, a translation for information only, that's in the translation uh, department. And high-end content. Um, if we stay in Australia now, having Qantas and have, having Jetstar, it's always horses for courses. So not every translation necessarily before it was translations translation not every translation needs to be an award-winning um, piece of literature so this translation for information only which uh, attracts a different rate 
uh, and the expectation of the final output is different versus high-end content. Another change is um, instead of having content translated, we also see more requests to author content in foreign languages from scratch, given that content is so important. Uh, so video translation has, we see this in our company, uh, increased dramatically. So the demand, we are we certainly in our studio uh, providing voiceover production, uh, subtitling much more than before. But also here again, not everybody requires a high-end production. Um, sometimes it is good enough if voice talents record on their own devices and it is being assembled together um, and professionally edited in the studio. So there's just options. I guess this is what I'm seeing. The, the industry once you know is developing according to the options and according according to the demands of the, the clients so the industry is listening or is going to listen to the client and develop different options that suit the different budgets and time frames of the clients if that makes sense to you definitely how do you stay up to date with the latest language technology developments that's pretty easy i travel internationally um regularly. Um, Australia is very far away. So it was only possible during the last five years because I was based spring and fall in um, Europe from where I could easily um, travel to the States and winter and summer back here in Australia. That enabled me to attend Localization World um, in the US and Europe, um, the gala conference that's in March every year. So I've been um, when I attended my first gala conference in Monaco um, in 2012, it was really a watershed moment. Um, I learned what's happening in the industry, the latest uh, technology developments. Um, today, I'm, I'm, I'm a board member. I've been a board member um, for a few years with gala. Um, but Localization World, um, ELIA, the European Language Industry Association, some are, I mean, you, you're asking... Um, specifically for language technology developments. All, all these conferences um, attract the leading technology providers who usually um, exhibit and all the time spent with them at the conferences you learn, you know, look at case studies, at their, um, their demos. Uh, that's really the most important way to stay at latest, like, you know, to stay up to date. Uh, we obviously all read multilingual magazine. And yeah, and of course, importantly, checking in with your peers, with other LSPs. Um, I'm very privileged um, to have friends um, who also head up language service providers around the world. And we check in, what are you using? And we talk and tell and share. And it's that sharing between um, LSPs that is, um, that is a really um, very important um, ground at GALA, for example, the Globalization Localization Association, um, where we've seen many, many businesses like mine grow simply because you're talking to other LSPs and, and trust them. And from them, you hear about the technology developments, uh, which is much more powerful um, from the user than just getting it from the, from the actual provider. How do you deal with organizers wanting simultaneous interpreting for their events, but who have small budgets? Well, this comes back to the BYOD devices, um, uh, the BYOD, bring your own devices I mentioned before. That is, whilst we explain the pitfalls of them, that, that's a very good option. 
given that I do not and I can't sacrifice with the interpreters, uh, simultaneous interpreting is uh, it's an, it's an incredible skill and um, and not only a technical skill, but you have to know, I said, I mentioned before, um, check of all trades, master of none. So preparation is crucial, but to be switched on and have a very, very broad knowledge. Interpreters, conference interpreters are some of the most interesting people you will ever meet in your life. And so that knowledge they have is, is crucial to interpreting. So you can't you can't sacrifice there. Hence, where can you go if the client has small budgets? Well, you can at least look at technology. Now, it's not suitable for all kinds of conferences, but for some smaller conferences or it depends. Um, of course, also at board meetings and um, yeah, it depends on setup. Uh, the the quite expensive uh, simultaneous interpreting equipment with on-site technicians, uh, the travel involved um, can be reduced greatly by using um, bring your own devices, using mobile phones of the, the delegates, their own headphones, and they um, use an app, um, they dial in. Of course, again, knowing full well uh, the pitfalls um, and the risks there, but it's extraordinary way of bringing simultaneous interpreting to events where it simply wasn't possible before. You're a board member of GALA. Why do you think it's important to get involved with associations? Uh, associations are not only where you give back to the industry, but it is also where you create important networks and opportunities come through these networks. You learn from the others. I, I mentioned that before naturally, <laughs> while um, while answering your question about you know where how I keep up to date with language technology developments, trust is really important. And um, and before you buy or invest in new technology. It's much better to see who has used it, how has it worked, you know, and to be able to look behind the scenes um, that you get at associations, that peer network who you can trust and and who are willing to share. That is magic and crucial to um, uh, to the growth of any, um, especially small and, and mid-sized business. Also, to be involved in an association is a fantastic opportunity to learn management, to uh, sit on the board with other board directors who have completely different skill sets than you. I have learned a lot about strategy and finances, which is not my background and nor my forte, but I could give more with um, international relations, uh, anything, anything um, you know, connected to international trade, sort of and marketing, international marketing is where I come in. So, um, yeah, it's a place where you give, but you get so much more. So, um, yeah, I'm passionate about associations and certainly um, about Gala. Thanks for speaking with me today. It's been a pleasure. For those of you who are interested in updates on interpreting, trading and technology, you can follow Taya on Twitter. She is at 2MLanguages. And if you head over to the 2M Language Services website, 2m.com.au, there's a great blog on there too. As always, you can follow us on Twitter, we're at Linguali.